You're listening to The Way Home with Daniel Darling, a proud member of the Venom Audio Network. Welcome back to The Way Home Podcast, everyone. This is Dan Darling. I'm glad to be back with you this week. Before we get to our conversation, I just want to tell you about a really cool resource that we have for free that you can download from my website at danieldarling.com. It's a free downloadable guide called How to Read the News. I don't know about you, but for me, it seems like there's news streaming in to our lives from everywhere on our timelines, what people are sharing on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and every social media thing, talk radio, podcasts, magazines, newspapers, if people still read newspapers. It's just coming in from everywhere, alerts on our phone. How do we read the news as Christians? How do we process the news? How do we make sure we're getting true information? How do we make sure that we're not just reading stuff that confirms our biases, right? I'm a conservative politically. My tendency is going to be to read things that only make and confirm that people who I agree with are good and right people and everyone else is wrong. You may be on the other side of the spectrum. So how do we read and also how do we read from a biblical worldview? Well, if you're interested in this, you can go to my website. You can download it for free. It's called How to Read the News. Give me your email. You can sign up for my bi-weekly newsletter called One Little Word, and we'll send you this a wonderful resource for free. So go to danieldarling.com and download How to Read the News. Okay, let's join our conversation. Welcome to the Way Home Podcast. This is uh, Dan Darling. I'm glad to have you listening today, whether you're uh, driving in the car or doing some chores around the house or taking a walk around the neighborhood. Glad to be with you uh, today. We have another really great podcast in store for you, a conversation with my good friend Susie Larson, who's a Christian radio host, heard in a lot of parts of the country on uh, Northwestern Radio. She's just a really delightful and inspirational listen, has lots of interviews and good Bible teaching. Uh, she's also a prolific author. Her latest book is called Prevail, 365 Days of Enduring Strength from God's Word. Just really theologically rich words of encouragement and strength, uh, and I think something that's uh, especially needed during these times. We talked to Susie about a lot of different things, about her walk with the Lord, about enduring suffering, about her career as a writer and a radio host, and some of the things she's learning during this kind of strange uh, season we're in with COVID and, and political unrest and racial tensions and everything going on in our country. Before we get to our conversation with Susie, I want to just let you know that my new book, The Characters of Easter, is available just in time as we turn our hearts toward Easter. Uh, we've got plenty of really cool downloads available if you want to do this book in your church or your small group. You can go to danieldarling.com Easter and sign up for those, uh, or you can find the book at any of your favorite retailers. I'd, I would love for you to... Uh, to go ahead and pick up that book, The Characters of Easter. Well, let's join our conversation now with my good friend, Susie Larson. Well, I'm glad to have my friend Susie Larson here on the Way Home podcast. Uh, Susie, thanks for joining me. Daniel, I just love you, so it's an honor to be with you today. So normally, you're interviewing me, so this is a role reversal, and I like it because I like to ask 
questions and I'm glad to have you on. Let's talk a little bit about your life before I want to get into some of the things that you're working on in projects and, and books and uh, maybe tell me a little bit about Susie Larson. Uh, I know you're, you're a radio host, you're a Bible teacher. Have you always enjoyed uh, words, you know, whether it's hosting the radio or writing books? Is that something you've always been a part of? Is that something that you discovered you enjoyed late in life? Kind of what's your pathway into that? Well, that's a great question. I'm a total introvert. I love solitude. Mm. I could probably be a monk because I can spend hours. I could spend days with God and just, I'm an introvert. But I remember the first poem I wrote as a child was, he's the rock that doesn't roll. How's that for a title? Mm. (laughs) But uh, I, I was raised in a large family in a denomination where I knew God was real. I actually did sense his presence, but I did not know Jesus was accessible, to be honest with you. So I had a sense of God, his presence and his realness, but I also experienced some pretty significant trauma in my childhood at the hands of teenage boys. When I was nine, Mm. uh, some boys pinned me down and it was that trauma was of a sexual nature, as you can imagine. And I didn't tell anybody because I was so confused about whose fault that was. and But it opened up a canyon of fear and insecurity. And I don't think I ever slept through the night after that, again, for many, many years. Um, and then when I was 10, I was walking home from school and, and I was about four feet tall, little thing. Uh, and a different group of boys who were hanging out in the baseball dugout ran after me, knocked me down and beat me up really bad. Punched me in the face, they pulled fistfuls of hair out, they kicked me and they laughed wildly as they did. And Daniel, when I got up from that trauma. I I was so traumatized by it. And just the crazed look, I know now in my adult brain that they were high on something because how do you laugh wildly as you pummel a little girl, you know? Uh, But when I got up from that, I heard this in my ear and it wasn't obviously audible, but it might as well have been, but I heard, I can get to you anytime, anywhere, and God will never stop me. And that is when fear became a significant thing for me. And I often say when I'm speaking on this topic that I really believe the enemy sees your potential long before you ever do. I think all you got to do is look at your childhood. That first time you knew you weren't enough or that first time you felt a threat or a fear. um, I think you just turn the table and you see an enemy's threat to you is very connected to your threat to him. So all of that to say, for me, Daniel, it felt like life was an uphill climb in many ways. I came to Christ as an eighth grader. I was sort of covert about my faith because of my particular denomination. And then you jump ahead when I was a young adult, married my husband, was raised in a a mainstream Christian home. Um, And right away, uh, we had our children right away. And during one of those pregnancies, I'd been on bed rest for six months because of a high-risk pregnancy. And the docs let me up for one day just because I was getting depressed. And I was like, I had a one and three-year-old and different friends were watching our kids. And I just, it was confronting so many of the fears and the stuff that was underneath the surface. And just for the record, I think I transferred my high school performance into Christian performance. Like I knew I was saved. I just didn't know that I was loved. So I just sort of transferred all of my effort to prove myself into serving in all these ways at church. And so when I was knocked down and kind of the rug was sort of pulled out from underneath me, I was really forced to confront the real sense of my identity. And so being in bed rest for six months was no picnic for me. But once I, the one day that the docs let me get up, I met my old college roommates. We went for a walk. I was six months long. I was super careful. And by nighttime, I was back on bed rest. I just, my body wasn't ready for it. But two weeks from that outing, my face started to go numb. I started to have just different neurological fireworks go off in my body. But I had three months to go in this pregnancy. 
And long story short, I would find out a year later that I was unknowingly bit by the deer tick and got Lyme disease my one day up. And there again in my ear was, I can get to you anytime, anywhere, and God will never stop me. So my journey, if you read um, my books or if you listen to the broadcast, you, you'll notice fight language. In, in everything that I talk about as far as contending for the promise. And I, just because I've had to contend, there's times where the promises of God have not felt true for me. And uh, I've had to stand on them even though, because they are true. And all of that to say, I, I have loved words. I loved books as a child, but I had so much insecurity, so much fear to overcome that I am the poster child for that passage that says God cho chooses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, the things that are not to nullify the things that are that that was me. And God has just redeemed my story one moment at a time. Mm. You've written so many books and I just love, I love that. And your book seemed to focus on, and your radio show focuses on this kind of deeper life in Christ you know, prayer and spiritual disciplines and supernatural strength from the Holy Spirit. Does that come from your own suffering and struggles that you've had to endure? Indeed it does. And for me, the thing that, uh, the two things that I feel like get me out of bed every day is the deeper life in Christ, the powerful life on earth. In other words, my part of my call, I think, is to help people have an intimate, thriving walk with God. And Daniel, I know you've seen this as well, that when you interview these key leaders, I've been in radio for 15 years, you know, you see certain leaders rise and fall. Um, they'll always say, that they, they stopped cultivating that mm. personal mm. secret place with God. They started to believe their own press. They mm. started to listen to what everybody was saying, and they kind of ventured out in their own strength. But Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So I want so much to keep in front of people and prioritize a very real thriving intimate walk with God. But not just that you can be a monk, <laughs> like I say, I can be drawn to but that it would translate into a powerful life on earth, that you would be part of some of the world's solutions, that you would be mobilized to address some of the things that God has called you to. And, uh, and another thing that I've just been thinking so much about lately, Daniel, is just getting people ready to meet Jesus. There is a day of account coming for every single person. For those who don't know him, I want them to know him. For those who do know him and live like practical atheists, I want them right now to engage their faith. And now there is a day of account for the believer to say, what did I do with my time, treasure, and talents? You know, it matters what you're doing with your time, treasure, and talents. So I have a fire in my bones to mobilize the body of Christ. That's so good. And I feel like this message is important in any age, in any time, right? Because there's always suffering people. There's always people who are disconnected uh, from God. And and really the message of, you know, what have you done with Jesus? Are you ready to meet God? But I, I wonder right now, particularly this year, if people are thinking more and more about their own mortality. Uh, I mean, I've talked to folks who've said that, you know, people who sell life insurance or people who are working on estate planning are finding a lot more uh, people interested and that people are just thinking about the end of their life in a way, you know, we've have, we're kind of surrounded a little bit by just the suffering and death with the pandemic and with a lot of other things. And so it seems like this message is really uh, resonating right now. So what what uh, kind of are you seeing that even in 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 your public ministry as as you're talking about these things? So much, you know. I love God's divine timing. You're an author as well, and and one other thing I just want to say that I love about you is behind the scenes on our show we say it's the no fluff zone, 
and uh, we don't do fluff and you don't do fluff. So mm-hmm. I always love when I get to talk with you because I feel like you live in that in that deep place. But what I love about how God works is, you know, when we titled the book Prevail, I think it was a year ahead of time, we had no idea what 2020 would be like. And prevail means to prove more powerful than your opponent and to be the last one standing. And I searched Genesis to Revelation and I looked for opportunities and evidences to flourish and stand strong. In other words, opportunities when they did it wrong and we can learn from them and evidence when they did it right and we can learn from them. So people can dig into the word and have these short kind of pack a punch devotionals to say, you know what, we're going to be the last one standing. We will be, we can contend for the faith and God will ensure that he will get us safely home. And what just for context to show you how it's resonated. Now, this is only God, but I think it does speak to the times. But when Fully Alive came out two years ago, my, my previous book, we did this pre-launch campaign um, where we send out these cool faith cards with the book. And we sold probably 500 copies in that month prior. And that's kind of what we were prepared for because Kevin and I both have day jobs. I work in radio. He's a commercial construction manager. And then he manages the ministry. And then I travel around and speak and, we, and he and I go out together. So we have day jobs, you know, we have a lot going on, but we could, you know, packaging up 500 orders was a lot, but we could do it, but we were prepared for that. In five weeks in the Prevail pre-launch, we sold 5,000 copies and we were not prepared for that. I mean, it, and I got an email notification every time an order came in. So it was like a ticker tape parade every single day. And I mean, I was ambushed by it. I mean, we had to, you know, enlist all kinds of people to help us. I was overwhelmed by it. But it really was such a picture to me of people going, okay, game on. It is time to up my game. It's time to press in. And I need to know what I believe. And I say all of that only to say, um, you and I talked about this before the show, that this is this could be the church's finest hour. And people, every day we are faced with choices, life or death, you know, grumbling and complaining or contending for the faith. And so this does matter what we choose the perspective we choose. And uh, I am praying that people who read Prevail will steward their perspective in a way to say, you know what? We serve a king. We're part of a kingdom. And this is an everlasting kingdom. And how we live here echoes into how we live there. Our hopes are not in earthly infrastructures or certain politicians. Our hope is in the living God. And I think all of these things are a test to our heart. How will you react? How will you respond when someone steps on your toes? You know? Where is your hope? Because things are being shaken right now. So that which cannot be shaken can be clearly seen. And I think as Christians, we need to sort this through so we can stand as God has equipped us to. That's exactly right. I, I love uh, your latest uh, your latest book, Prevail, 365 Days of Enduring Strength from God's Word. What I love about this is just is very hopeful, like uh, talking about getting strength from the Spirit of God. Uh, that God promised to give to us, uh, but it's also rooted in Scripture. It's rooted in God's Word. And one of the things I fear about Christians today, and I'm I'm saying this about my own self and just our people, is that we, it seems like we're we're more catechized and formed by the new cycle than we are by God's Word. And as a result, I think there's a lot of um, anxiety and fear. And I don't want to dismiss legitimate struggles that people have with mental illness or anxiety. I'm, I'm not speaking about that. I'm, and I don't want to dismiss legitimate fear of a lot of really scary things. But I also think, you know, if anyone is made for this moment, it's Christians, right? And so Amen. just, just 
speak about why you felt that was so important for people to find their strength every day in God's word and, and how we can react to this very uncertain moment that we're in. Wow. You know, again, this is speaking as someone who's uh, battled fear on significant levels over my life. I'm not where I was and I'm not where I'm going to be. I'll tell you that. So this is not something, I'm not a fearless person, but I am not the person that I used to be. So given that whoever's listening, if you battle and you go towards fear and anxiety, I know what that is. I know what it is to to have those fears stirred up. But I feel, Daniel, that there's a significant difference. And we've got to be able to make the distinction between spiritual intimidation and divine strategy. You know, there's a Devo in Prevail where it talks about where Elisha was so in step with God that he gave Israel's king the strategy of the Assyrian army. He was always one step ahead of the enemy army. And so the enemy army, that king is like, who's the spy? Who's alerting him? Who's giving him all this uh, intel on, on my strategy? And his people said, well, there's no spy, but there is a man of God in the camp. And he's the one who keeps the king uh, aware. And now I want you to think about that. The Bible says he confides in those who fear him. And if we could be in step and what, how we do that is we walk intimately with God and we let him deal with our hearts. How many Christians are not dealing with their hearts right now? They feel really like, you know, anything goes because the gloves are off on both sides of the aisle. Not anything goes for us as believers. And if we can say, God, search me, know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me in your everlasting way. The Bible says it's the pure in heart that see God. So when we take our walk seriously enough, God will take serious the prayers that come out of our mouth. There's a big distinction between spiritual intimidation and spiritual discernment. And I think the way that you tell is by the fruit. The enemy um, is looking for any opportunity that he can to stir up fear and anxiety. So if you, there are, this is uncertain times. There are scary things that could happen. But what I feel like the enemy is trying to do right now is to get us to perceive certain threats that don't exist. He's going after some of our deepest fears and it's creating a reaction in us where some of the things we fear never will happen. Other things may happen because it's an uncertain time. But I think how you how you discern the difference is one is bringing chaos and confusion and anxiety and fear, and it's causing reactions to come out of you. And you're acting in ways that are not that are not you that are beneath you. Where spiritual strategy, even in the uncertain times, there's a peace and a groundedness. And I really do believe, Daniel, that God can keep us one step ahead of the enemy, or He could say, because I'll, I'll just give you an example. When I Got first got sick. Here I'm a young mom, three little kids, uh, 18 months apart, three all three boys, all parties waiting to happen. And here I am, you know, so sick, and I'm in my bed and I'm hooked up to my IV, big IV bag. And the Lord had whispered to my heart, This is not going to be a quick journey for you. And I was so bummed, but I had a peace and a sense of, I think that's probably true. And literally later that day, a friend came to clean my house and help with the kids. And she sat on my bed. I didn't tell anybody. God had whispered that to my heart. She grabbed my hand and said, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but I've been praying for you. And I really get a sense that this is not going to be a quick journey for you. And I knew, but there was like a, a peace and a, and a grace that flooded my soul where I just thought God will be with me and have your way in me. And I say all that to say, Daniel, I believe that the scripture that says he confides in those who fear him. So if we walk in the reverence of God and we, we say, you know, I serve in a kingdom that's bigger than, than what's happening on this earthly plane. I'm keeping my ear bent towards heaven. What would you have me do, Lord? What does faith look like? What does hope look like? And what does love look like? 
I want, I want to know that Christians are willing to do that. And I've been talking about this for the last six months. And there are some that grab hold of it and others that get mad because they want to be mad. They want their candidate to win and they're putting their hopes in these earthly structures. And I'm not saying they don't matter. You should definitely vote. And as you, I have opinions about how I'd like to see things go, but we have to keep our hope in God. We have to. Yeah, that's exactly right. This year has really chastened me too that, you know, politics is a really important thing. It's a useful vehicle in a representative republic. It's a useful vehicle for human flourishing. You know, people get in politics across the spectrum for because they really do want to uh, love their neighbors and create structures around them that are good. But it's a poor religion. It's a poor place to put our hope, and it's always going to disappoint us. And I'm glad Christians are involved. I'm glad they're speaking out. But I fear that at times we're losing our main message that Christ is risen and people can have peace with God through Jesus Christ. God is renewing and restoring the world in Jesus, that there's a better world coming. If everything we think and talk about is the election, really, what's our, where's our focus here? Hearty amen, Daniel. And I think we can do this. I I know we can do this, but it really, you know, I had Tom Phillips on. I have him on about once a month to talk about past revivals, just to give us a vision for what's possible. He's the vice president for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And last time he was on, he said, you know, what if we just start here? Draw a circle around yourself and say, God, revive the person in the middle of the circle. And uh, if we're willing to do that, I mean, even for me, I've been asking God, you know, show me my heart. Because I want to see you, and I want to be able to hear you. And if the pure in heart see God, if there's any impurity, show me. And I, so right now, until the end of the year, I'm fasting certain things. I'm fasting fear and self-preservation because I can so go there. So I want to be bold and courageous. I'm fasting what sounds kind of ancient, but uncharitable thoughts towards people who think differently than me. When I see people stirring up dissension and division and making accusations and throwing gasoline on the fire, I get frustrated, but scripture says, pray for those who persecute you, bless your enemies, do not curse. So I'm just, instead of just not having uncharitable thoughts, I'm going further to ask God, bless them, help them to know you more, Lord. But I'm just saying, I'm putting safeguards around my thought processes, around my heart, because I want to. I don't want to just hunker down and, and bide my time and write it off, because who knows what 21 is going to be like. I want to go out with a bang. I want to expect God to do great things in my midst, but I know for him to do that, He's got to do them in me first. Well, before we continue our conversation, I want to just encourage you to uh, check out our friends at Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling has generously sponsored this episode of the Way Home Podcast. And one of the reasons I was excited to partner with them is because I believe so much in the value of good biblical counseling. In the last few years, I've really noticed the importance of counseling, both as a pastor who has to care for people at times, as a husband, as a father, as a friend. There's just times when all of us need to sit down and talk with someone who is skilled at kind of peeling back through the layers of our lives, both the spiritual and the physical and the places where we need clinical diagnosis and we need a a, a biblical word from God. And sometimes those are, are kind of marbled in together in complex ways that we can't totally understand that someone outside of us can help us do that. I believe this is a really important thing. A lot of times we're 
afraid to go to counseling. There's a stigma that I don't want to be known as the kind of person who would need to get help. And really, we, sh- we shouldn't think that way because all of us uh, are fallen, are broken, have needs that someone else that God uh, gifts in a certain way can help with. What's great about the model of faithful counseling is that it's completely confidential and it's completely online. And so if if you're like me and the kind of the stigma of getting up and going and talking to someone is, is a little bit too much of getting in your car and going to an office or a church, you can do this from the privacy of your home. You fill out a an intake process and they match you up with a counselor that's suited to your needs. And if you happen to get a counselor that is just not working for you, you can easily exchange them at no cost. You have access to your counselor through text, through email, and other ways if you have a crisis in between sessions. So I want to encourage you to visit faithfulcounseling.com slash wayhome. That's faithfulcounseling.com slash wayhome. And you will get a 10% discount off your first month's membership, which is which is a really fantastic deal. So visit faithfulcounseling.com slash way home and get a 10% discount off your first membership. I really want to encourage you, uh, if you are listening, feel depressed, you have anxiety, or maybe you have some thorny relational issues in your family or at work or other places to go seek some help with our friends at Faithful Counseling dot com slash way home. I love your ministry. I love what you're doing. I want more people to get your books and find out more about you. This book is called Prevail 365 Days of Enduring Strength from God's Word. Uh, my teenage daughter is actually reading through it. It, it. It's really helpful for her uh, to get into the word this way. And you know, combat fear, you know, teenagers obviously always are, are thinking, you know, it's, it's a tough, tough time, tough age to grow. She might like Uncommon Woman. I will send, when we're done with this, send me a note and I'll send her a copy, but that's all about breaking free from the bondage of others' opinions and living out of the love hey, of that's God. Great. A lot of girls are reading that book, so she might benefit that's really, from that one. That's really good. Uh, the last part I want to talk about a little bit is just, you know, what word do you have for for people who are like you, who are communicators, who are writers and communicators, you're, you're on the radio, you also write books. Do you have a word of advice for people who aspire to do what Susie Larson is doing? Well, I'm going to borrow it from Ann Graham Lotz, who was just on my show the other day, because again, I'm not fearless. Um, I fear God, so I want to do it right. But I asked her, I said, do you battling any kind of fear at all? And have you over the years? She said the best thing. She said, you know, I used to a little bit. But she says, you know, sure, she's been invited to the White House, done Larry King Live. And she said, when I've heard other, you know, high profile Christians uh, that they're invited to some of these larger platforms, I'll hear them kind of say, I want to make sure I get invited back. So they're kind of couching their words in a, in a careful way. But she says, I don't care if I'm invited back. I want to be faithful in the moment. So if you're afraid, I just tell you to go for it. And I, I think, man, if I could top, tell my younger me and anybody else who's aspiring, um, Walk in the fear of the Lord and keep cultivating an intimate walk with God, but don't don't steward your gift to manage the opinion of the masses because people's opinions are like a puff of wind. And and I think a lot of people can grow massive platforms if they have strategy and whatever. But scripture is also very clear that in that day of account, there are going to be some people, their life's work will burn up in the flames because it was all they were building their own kingdom, not God's kingdom. 
And so I think it's really, I think that should make us tremble a little bit rather than appealing to the crowd, um, rather than trying to get followers. And I know this is a little controversial, you know, the scripture never called us to get followers, it's to follow Christ and point others to him. I believe that down to my toes, Daniel. I just absolutely do. So I think if you can walk in the fear of the Lord and feed the sheep that God has entrusted to you, when you're faithful with a little, he'll entrust you with more, but just keep the main thing, the main thing. Um, and I would, I've often prayed, Lord, don't let me grow beyond my character's ability to sustain it. And uh, he's done that. Yeah. So. Like at times when I've heard it said, when you're gifting up, up paces your character, that's where you're really in trouble. And I, I like what you said. I, I have a, you know, a lot of folks talk about platform and celebrity evangelicals and all that. And, you know, my, my philosophy has always been, if God gives you influence, don't shrink back from it. Don't be like King Saul and, and hide. Because I think God, if God calls you into a position of leadership and influence, it's something that we should embrace. At the same time, seeking it for the sake of it, like just to be big deal, just to yeah. be a thing. And I see there's perverse incentives today to try to just be a thing. And so just balancing that, right? I mean, all of us yeah. who all of us who do this creative work, who write books, who do you know have a podcast. We'd be lying if we said we don't want people to read our stuff and listen to us, right? We, mm-hmm. we, we feel God's given us a message. You know, I don't write a book and you don't write a book. And it's a lot of work to write a book so that only a handful read it. We want, we want to have a wide audience. Uh, none of us would feel badly if we became a New York Times bestseller. Like we, so I don't think that's necessarily bad. But then at the same time, you know, really being grounded to say, I just want to be faithful with the gifts God's given me and steward this well. So maybe in the last part of this, talk about that tension there. I love, love what you said. I wish you could print that up <laughs> and you could teach that at writers conferences, because I think that tension is beautiful. And I have in the early years shrunk back from that because I was, I saw so many people pursuing celebrity Christianity and I knew the ashes that I came from. So I, I was terrified of that. So I'm quite sure I could have done a better job. I think if anything, I erred on the side of, of pulling back a little bit, but you're exactly right. There, there is absolute responsibility when God gives you and trusts you influence. And I remember Andy Crouch was on uh, my show. Uh, he's been on a Love few times. Andy. One time, he's great. He said, who flourishes because I have power? Because yeah. everybody has power. And that really knocked me between the eyes. So there is wisdom in many counselors. And there might be things that you're weak at. Like I, I'm, you know, I've got help with social media because I'm not a self-promoter. I don't take selfies. I was years late on Instagram just because I don't do selfies and I'm an introvert. So I'm like, I, I don't want to go, hey, here I am with this famous person. I just couldn't, I can't do that. It's not who I am. And my publisher said, Keep doing what you're doing. Just feed the sheep, and and so I had to do. I had to do this thing in a way that fits who I am, in a way that allows me to face God at the end of the day. You know, but I but I'm growing and I'm tweaking and learning some of the ins and outs because it's stewardship. I just feel like, as you say, to lead with the following, but that is your goal, and to think for a moment that certain achievements are going to validate you and give you a sense of deeper security. The opposite is true. It'll just reveal more insecurity. So I just think the heart matters. You know, I think it was Arthur Willis who said, um, God is not merely concerned with what we do, but with why we do it. A right act may be robbed of all of its value in the sight of God, if done with the wrong motive. 
wow. And so I, again, I'm just constantly aware that there is a day where I, I go before God. So I want to be all in. I want to steward as best as I can. But at the end of the day, his opinion has to matter most. So I want to be faithful and fruitful. And I pray, you know, if that means successful and influential, great, but that's not going to be my end goal. And I think it may sound like semantics, but it isn't. They're two different pathways as far as I'm concerned. Mm. I love that. Susie Larson, uh, your ministry is a great gift to the body of Christ. And thank you for taking the time to join me. I want to encourage folks to check out Susie's book, Prevail, and her other books. She's got a lot of books. And listen to her on the radio. Susie, can you tell us real quick where you are on the radio and what times? Sure. I'm on live three to four every afternoon, Central Standard Time. And there's an app. We're in the upper Midwest and in Connecticut, but we have an app if you search Faith Radio Network. But all my shows are on podcast, iTunes, if you want to search there. The the live show goes to podcast, Susie Larson Live. And then I'm on a a big music station on Sunday nights just for an hour. But I think if you just search my name, you'll find it. But myfaithradio.com is the station's website, if that helps. And we'll put links in the show notes. But Susie, thank you for joining me today. I love to having you on. Appreciate you so much, Daniel. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Way Home Podcast with Daniel Darling. For more information, you can visit danieldarling.com. If you do like this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher. We also encourage you to rate and review so others can know about the podcast. You can follow me at at Dan Darling on Twitter or go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Daniel M. Darling. I also want to encourage you again to check out my latest book, Away With Words, and you can visit awaywithwordsbook.com. Thank you for listening again to The Way Home Podcast. This is a production of the National Religious Broadcasters. Thank you.